0: You're listening to The Various and Sundry Things Podcast, The Vast Podcast. I am your host, Donna Gay Tyler. What's up, everybody? It's me. I'm back again. Whole lot going on in the world, right? Let's get right to it. I want to start with something really funny. (laughs) I'm sorry. I can't help it. I sent my husband, this. I saw it on TikTok earlier and now it's on, um, I saw on Instagram just now, uh, Joy Reid um, uh, posted it and uh, it's from, nope, is it Joy Reid? My bad, no, 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 it's C- uh, CNN, CNN posted it. So it's this guy in Atlanta, um, looks to be a black guy, tries to attempts. I don't know, to rob a nail salon. The date on this is... Um, Uh, July 3rd. So he goes in with his hand in what looks like a kind of a, some kind of satchel or bag. I sounded real old when I said that, didn't I? He has his hand in some type of satchel and perhaps he has a weapon in here. I don't know. It never shows up on video. And when I saw this on TikTok, they didn't have the audio with it, but um, CNN, like I said, has the audio. (laughs) The reason I'm laughing, y'all, is because nobody is looking at, they're, they're looking at him, but they're not responding. They're not Trying to give him anything, and in the very end, dude just walks out. <laughs> he just walks out to <laughs> because nobody, nobody like goes into their pockets, starts screaming, gets down on the ground. There appears to be three ladies sitting in like waiting chairs at the um at the front of the salon. One lady had on scrubs, and she's the only one that got up. She eventually like so. He walks like towards the back of the nail salon, and as he's walking toward the back. She walks out of the salon, but she doesn't like run off or run down the street because then when he runs out or walks out, actually, he's like, give me your money. Give me your money. She's like, I ain't got no money. <laughs> and then I guess, according to CNN, oh, Jesus, he just um he just drives off in a silver sedan. sedan. So uh, the police are looking for him. But this thing had me howling. How pathetic is this? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> So the CNN post says Atlanta police are searching for a man who attempted to rob a nail salon. Video shows multiple people in the salon not complying with the robbery suspect's demands. People say the suspect suspect fled the scene in a silver sedan. I, I the it's the comments, y'all. I I can't the comments. One lady said. Somebody posted, said, the ladies were like, I'm not moving. I don't want to lose my place in line. Like, right? It's the third. They're going to be closed tomorrow on the fourth. I got to get my nails done. Oh, God. That was so funny. Oh, God. <laughs> that thing. Oh, my God. Manicures are a priority. <laughs> they were trying to his nails done. They thing about this guy. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. All right, I had to start with that one. That was funny. Sorry, I laughed all over that one. Th- that, that thing has me hollering. You gotta see that post. I might repost it on my uh my social media page. I reposted on Instagram so you <laughs> so you can see it. Cause this thing is cracking me up. And you need the the audio with it. Like I said, when I saw it on um uh on, on TikTok, it didn't have the audio, but OMG that is hilarious. I'll repost that one. Okay. So some other headlines that I've been following a little bit more stayed and um, we'll get back to the non-laughing and we'll, we'll we'll end the recording. We'll end the podcast with me doing some more laughing and howling and kiki. And, but some other headlines that I've been following, um, and probably you too, um, have you ever heard of the Central Park Five? They now are known as the Exonerated Five. Um, and the name of the Uh, Netflix story. or Yeah. Directed by Ava DuVernay. It's called When They See Us. And it came out in 2019. It's probably still on Netflix. I mean, there was four parts to it. And it was about the 1989 Central Park jogger case. So there were five um, young men who were um, arrested and, you know, thought to be suspects. Um, A Central Park jogger woman was brutally um, beaten and raped. Um, in nineteen um eighty nine, and the police ended up um, arresting these five young men. They, uh, um, they were black and Latino, I believe. And um, all five of them were convicted, spent um, a number of years in jail until they were later exonerated by DNA evidence, which is why they became known as the exonerated five. Well, one of them um, named Yusef Salam, uh, he spent seven years in prison. He recently won the Democratic primary for a New York City city New York City Council seat in Harlem. Kudos to him, right? That's a long way from um, having like lost years of your life, and God only knows what else um, happened to them. You know, while they were uh, incarcerated. It's really, really, um, it was a really, really sad uh, situation. And that, um, when they see us, oh my God, it's jarring. You know how it's going to turn out, and you know eventually they do, um, get released. But oh my God, that that series is is very jar- jarring. But like I said, um, Yusuf Salam, congratulations to him. Um, if you recall, if you're around my age, or if you've just been paying attention to this story about the Exonerated Five, you probably remember. Um, it came up when this um, when they see us in this um, uh, I guess what do we call it a miniseries, yeah. When the miniseries came out, it came up that Donald Trump, the former president, well, back in 1989, he wasn't president. He was just like you know a local, well, I guess kind of a big time name celebrity figure in the, on the New York scene for sure. Um, but he took out an ad in a newspaper. Remember that? Bring back the death penalty. Bring back our police. You know, in other words. Um, you know, not so subtly asking or, you know, suggesting that these young men be tried um, and put to death because of their involvement um, in this brutal case. And it turned out they weren't, none of them, not a one of them was responsible at all. Um, But yeah, kudos to them um, and kudos um, specifically to Yusuf Salam. Um, Another uh, headline that I've been following, speaking of Trump, oh Lord, I hate always talking about him, but you know what? He's good for a laugh. Now, what's not laughable is the fact that he is running um, and is the front run- runner on the Republican side uh, for president, because I'll be honest, I laughed, too, when I first heard that he was um, you know, running for president. I was like, for what? I mean, what was the name of his show? Um, the Apprentice, I think. I actually watched that a couple of times. Um I know that, uh, you know, reality TV is scripted and all other the cast. Style, but it was kind of it was entertaining. And um, I watched it. But I, you know, I was a far cry from him being, you know, um, capable of being uh, president of the United States and not only capable, but um, qualify, which we now know he was very, very unqualified. You know, bigly would be one of his words. Right. Bigly unqualified to be president. But anyway, you all know that he's um, been indicted. Um, was it 38 or 39 counts um, holding those files that the United States government had asked him to give back and then sent his attorneys to mar or mar lago however you pronounce it. And down in Florida to look for the files, you know, he's already been indicted down there in Florida and had a hard time finding some attorneys, I guess, because some people was like, eh, you know, kind of like that MC Hammer song, can't touch this, won't touch this, don't want to touch this. Well, his personal um, valet, um, Walt Nauta, N-A-U-T-A, he's also been indicted. And then yesterday he pled, is it pled or pleaded? I always get that wrong. He pleaded not guilty to charges that he helped Trump move and or, um, Hide the classified documents so they wouldn't again be found by Trump's attorneys, who was looking for the documents to return them to the U.S. government, um, according to the AP. Walt Nauta, who's a Navy vet and a um, personal aide to Trump, he was he's been with him for a while um, in the White House, bringing him the Diet Cokes upon request. Ding! I don't know what little button he used to push at the Resolute Desk, and you know, request his Diet Cokes in mass. But, um, yeah, now this guy, um, he's um, pleaded not guilty. We'll go pleaded um, for this episode of the podcast. He's pleaded not guilty to um, those uh, charges. But here's the thing. Trump may leave him out to dry because the what I've read online and also heard in a, a number of newscasts is that he's a. You're gonna laughing again. He's a video moving the boxes with the classified documents, like you know, branding on them. I'm not saying that they say big time classified, but they have it the US government has video of him moving the boxes, probably under Trump's, you know, command request, so that when the attorneys came to look for him, they would not find them. And of course, returned attorneys point reported back to the government. We can't find them. And therefore, you know, they're like. Trump, like, let them out to dry, right? Left them out to dry, which is why a lot of attorneys have been like, yeah, I don't want to be bothered with this because Trump's, I imagine, I say this as an understatement too, he's a very difficult client. But for legal purposes, not just because of his, you know, personality and how abrasive he is and how smart he thinks he is and nobody can tell him anything. He also has this um, grand propensity to lie. And if he lies to his attorneys, You know, how can they represent him? He's always, plus he's giving interviews, talking too much on television, various news sites and all this other kind of stuff. And, you know, lying in those interviews. So he's making it very difficult for them to represent him, you know, to have any kind of like positive outcome for him, um, for Trump. So as an attorney, I wouldn't want to be bothered with him either. And so this Walter Nauta, I um, I read according to, um, again, on AP, that he was having some trouble getting a Florida um, attorney to represent him and some also some travel um, issues or whatever. He, he had some trouble getting an attorney to represent him because they don't want to be bothered with it because he's on video moving the boxes. Like, what are we going to do? What are we going to say? Uh, now, unless he turns around and decides to testify against Trump, you know, you know, in, in exchange for a lighter sentence or something like that, um, that may work out for him. I'm no attorney Again, I'm no attorney. But um, yeah, it's it, both of them get some difficult cases, um, difficult situation uh, ahead of them with regard to this particular case. Plus, Trump's under indictment also in New York um, for the hush money rate right, that he paid to the former porn star. Um, I can't remember her name right now, but yeah, he's he's facing that indictment and uh, or at least investigation. I don't know if he's been indicted yet, but he's also under investigation in New York for that. Um, he's, he's just got a myriad legal issues facing him right now, which for me, if I were voting Republican, if I were leaning Republican, I'm not because they're nuts right now. Sorry. Sorry to all my Republican friends. Y'all, y'all party is a whole hot mess. It's a dumpster fire. These people over there are bona fide nuts. Listen, I'm not going to be I'm, and I'm not getting ready to go. You know, there's some very fine people or very crazy people on both sides. I get it. But clearly the Republican Party has larger issues and concerns than the Democratic Party at this time. They crazy. And anybody over there that's still supporting Trump, mm-mm. he got too many legal problems right now. Just for that reason alone, you shouldn't support him. And you should really be like, OK, how was he the front runner? Right. DeSantis is another nutball. Um, and then the other guy who used to be um Trump's vice president, Mike Pence, uh, someone posted like he's saying the quiet part out loud. Someone was asking him at a recent like sit-down um um campaign style event, you know, a little QA. It was like, you know, there's all these major corporations and these big companies that haven't paid any income tax since Trump's been president. Like, but he thinks this this was the person that was asking the question. I saw this on Instagram. It's like, I feel that you know, I'm, me and other taxpayers in middle America, we're the ones that are footing their tax bill. Like what's up with that? And Mike Pence said the quiet part out loud as someone, you know, accurately, uh, you know, painted this particular situation. He said that he's not necessarily a person who's in favor of, you know, rich people paying their quote fair share. The whole thing I'm loosely quoting, but that was what he said. Like, really? So the rich folk don't have to pay their fair share. And then he went on to say that, um, you know, some of the larger corporations or whatever have been paying a lot of a uh, lot of money in taxes. Like, well, that kind of contradicts what you just said. Like, which which one is it? Notwithstanding the fact that Donald Trump famously said that he doesn't pay taxes and he and he's smart for it because he figures out or he has his attorneys, tax attorneys and all those other kind of folks. Remember in that debate with Hillary Clinton? You know, he was like, yeah, that makes me a smart guy. I still don't understand people supporting him for that because the average American does have to pay taxes and does get audited and does not have legions of attorneys to um, fight against these audits and all this other kind of stuff. But I digress because I did not want to spend this much time talking about Donald Trump. Anyway, what else is um, on my docket? Oh, speaking of the legal scene, y'all know Supreme Court of the United States of America is a whole hot mess right now. A whole hot mess. The Supreme Court of the United States of America is a supreme hot mess right now. Once upon a time, (laughs) back in the day, I used to want to be an attorney when I grew up. As a matter of fact, that was my plan after college was to go to law school, but it didn't work out that way for me. And I don't know how I would feel about it right now if I were an attorney. Like, I don't know if I'd be more or less frustrated with the rulings that have come out of the Supreme Court last year and this year, as a matter of fact. I don't know. I don't I don't know. Um, Remember last year It was the overturning of Roe v. Wade pretty much made abortion illegal, um, except for in states where they still where it is legal. But um, many red states, you know, already had laws on the books that uh, wanted to affect should the Supreme Court nullify Roe v. Wade. And that happened last year. And so then this year, the Supreme Court of the United States of America, the last one was the erasure of, uh, was that the last one? It was so many bad decisions that were came out of the Supreme Court this year. So just in a, a trifecta, you had um, Biden's student loan plan was ruled unconstitutional. Boo! Boo! Um, Race-based affirmative action was also ruled unconstitutional, boo, but not uh, monetary or legacy-based affirmative action. You know, folks that give a lot of money to universities or people that have family members that have attended universities, uh, that type of affirmative action is still legal, but uh, race-based affirmative action was not. And then, of course, um, that other case where um, LGBTQ Um, rights were once again um, infringed upon. Some um, web designer said that um, a same-sex couple reached out to her to um, design a website for their upcoming nuptials and she didn't want to do it because it went against her religious beliefs and the Supreme Court said, hey, yeah, you can do that. It's a private business. Yeah, you can do that. You can tell them no. The problem with the case, of course, amongst other issues, is that I read that this case was like, um, smoke and mirrors that this person had one, never designed a website. It, this is a what I believe I read. And also number two, that had never this, uh, the lady that, um, on whose behalf the case was brought before the Supreme court had never been approached by a same sex couple that the gentleman's name that was used, um, in the case is actually a heterosexual individual who's married to a woman. So it's like, well, well, huh? So we just make enough stuff now. I didn't think that that's how it worked. That's not how you got a case before the Supreme Court, like a just in case kind of situation. It was like if this happens, it's a if then situation. Like it's it's that's not how it's supposed to work. So if this happens, then yeah, you can go ahead and discriminate against LGBTQ plus folks. That just doesn't make any sense. I'm just frustrated. I am. I'm frustrated with the with the Supreme Court in addition to these rulings, right, which, you know, have rolled back a lot of the civil rights that have been um, won uh, by these uh, marginalized groups within the last, what, 40, 50 years? Um, I was telling my husband this uh, just the other day. I was like, you know, in terms of how how far we look back and how people think that, you know, certain people, certain groups of people ought to, quote, get over, you know, some things. It just doesn't make sense. I'm telling my age here for real. But I was born just 10 years after the signing, after the passage, rather, of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. 10 years later, I'm just a decade removed from that in terms of my birth existing on this planet. That's crazy to me because a lot of people, especially my students, well, they're, you know, incredibly young, you know, they think like, oh, my God, you know, all those Black and white images, you know, the Civil Rights Movement and, you know... Martin Luther King Jr. and all of those people, the Montgomery bus boycott and the sit-ins by the students, you know, by, in Fisk and at Fisk University in Tennessee and all those other, um, the early sixties, um, when actually 1960 to be specific and exact, when those uh, sit-ins occurred and I get that, but you know, to put it in perspective, it's like, that's not too far outside of my lifetime. So definitely my parents were alive then and, and grandparents You know, it's just crazy. You know, people say that these things um, people need to get over. But anyway, so the other problems, of course, that the United States Supreme Court um, is facing are, you know, all of these ethics scandals that keep coming out. And that's what people have um, an even bigger problem with or an equal problem with. For me, it's an equal problem with. This court seems, I don't want to say it's corrupt, but it sure looks like it. And at the very least, they should answer for some of the, you know, stories that have come out about Justices Thomas, Alito, and Gorsuch. But when Chief Justice John Roberts was called to testify in Congress regarding the reports of alleged um, ethical breaches concerning those justices, he he didn't he didn't he refused to show up. Almost all the other courts, um, federal justices at least, are subject to the same ethics rules. Um, the Supreme Court is as well, but. In you know, in theory, they are right, but in practice, they govern themselves, and so whatever kind of scandalous mess they got going on, they don't really answer to anyone. Which to me makes them the most powerful branch in government because they police themselves. The um, members of Congress are subject to impeachment and removal. Um, obviously, the presidency—we've seen um, Donald Trump as a matter of fact—impeached twice. Unfortunately, he's not removed. But presidents can be impeached, and he wasn't the only one that was impeached, of course. If you're a student of history, but the Supreme Court—it's eh, kind of a non-starter, especially and unfortunately with it, with the case of um, uh, Clarence Thomas, who I never. Don't put this out there. I never supported him. Anita Hill tried to tell us. I remember I was in college during his confirmation hearings. Didn't like it. Didn't trust it. And especially when she came out and said what she said. And he was like, this is a high tech lynching and all. Now, shut up. Anyway, try to warn us. Nobody wants to listen anyway. Um, but particularly with his the issues that he's facing or has faced, you know, with his wife, you know, calling um, Donald Trump's. Um, uh, what do you call it? Chief of staff, and you know they were trying to was it a chief of staff or press secretary? I don't know she was, you know, putting in calls on January sixth, right? Um, and she's been very vocal and you know raising money for these, you know, very conservative causes and people. It's like um conflict of interest, much you know, but nobody said anything, nobody's done anything, and calls for his impeachment. Yeah, it's like a non-starter, is what um, I've read. Um, online. As a matter of fact, I read this, um, I was reading this article in The Guardian online. And um Dick Durbin, who's the chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee, he he condemned John Roberts for his failure to um at least testify before um Congress and it you know to at least do something about it. Like, come on, y'all. Y'all are all messy, and these three in particular, so Thomas um You know, you got his wife, Jenny is her name, uh, doing all the dirt that she was doing. He's also had a relationship with a conservative donor, Harlan Crow, which included gifts, luxury travel, real estate purchases, and school fee payments for like his nephew or somebody. Like, What? Um, that's all been reported by ProPublica. Uh, ProPublica also reported on, um, Justice Alito's relationship with Paul Singer, a conservative billionaire, and reported a property sale involving Gorsuch and the chief executive of a prominent law firm. The Guardian goes on to say, oh, no, I was going to with my voice right there. The Guardian goes on to say that all three justices failed to declare such gifts or transactions all deny wrongdoing. The donors and the chief executive denied discussing politics with justices or seeking to influence business before the court. And it really doesn't matter. It's the very appearance of it. It looks dirty. It smells dirty. It looks like the court is corrupted. And, like, that's what I said a couple of months ago. It's the look of it. And somebody should answer for it. But these guys who are not elected, right? These guys and gals, because there are women on the Supreme Court as well, but they're not the ones that are, you know, whose actions are being called into question in such an egregious level. (sighs) They don't answer to anybody. Um, And of course, the Supreme Court was stacked with the last three. um, Was it the last three, right? Um, Judicial picks by uh, Donald Trump. As a matter of fact, very famously, um, the Kentucky senator here Um, held out that uh, last pick, or the first one actually, held it over from Obama, refused to, um, what's my man's name? He's my senator. I didn't vote for him. (laughs) Mitch McConnell. Um, Yeah, he famously um, held the vote. He would not allow um, Obama in his last year of presidency to put forth his uh, Supreme Court nominee, held that out for Donald Trump. And then we got The other crazy lady that's on there, and when they had her um, little party at the White House, everybody had got COVID from it. And then the other guy who was um, accused of rape um, and inappropriate behavior, sexual offenses and things like that. Accused, I I say that, accused. Um, Remember, his nominations were a whole hot mess. But anyway, Supreme Court justices. Yeah, but that was the... um, the last, the last three that were appointed. So on the Supreme Court right now, just for for um, kicks and giggles, you have the Chief Justice is John Roberts. You have Clarence Thomas, um, Samuel Alito, Sonia Sotomayor, um, Elena Kagan, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh. That's the one I'm I'm talking about with that old messy um, uh, hearing. Amy Coney Barrett is the other crazy one that, um, huh? sorry, I shouldn't call her crazy. But she's a little bit loony. And then Ketanji Brown Jackson is the latest, um, the last uh, Supreme Court justice that was nominated and approved a Biden appointee, right? Um, yeah. So it's just, you know, the Supreme Court, you know, save those three uh, ladies that I just mentioned. They're the ones that are in the minority right now, um, ironically. In, in more ways than one, ideologically um, is what I'm referring to right now, though, with regard to how the court uh, votes. It's it's just, it's a whole hot mess. So they're ruling several back rights for folks, for marginalized folks, and um, three of the justices themselves are, like, embroiled. And, well, I, I probably shouldn't say embroiled, because it seems like, you know, they're just skating. They're getting away with it. They're doing stuff that looks dirty. Nobody's answering for it. And we just you know, continue to roll on. And so what I've also read too, is that some of the justices, these guys in particular, and perhaps Roberts, you know, they're a little bit appalled at the lack of the lack of uh, approval and trust in the Supreme court. Um, according to, again, the guardian, the Supreme court's uh trust and job approval um, are at historic lows. That was, um, they're referencing an article from last year in September. Yeah. And this um, article was revised in October of last year. But it says 47 percent of U.S. adults say they have a great deal or fair amount of trust in the judicial branch. This represents a 20 percentage point drop from two years ago and is now the lowest in Gallup's trend by six points. The Judicial Branch's current tarnished image contrasts with trust levels exceeding two-thirds in most years in Gallup's trend that began in 1972. Well, their approval rating is low. I wonder why. Because their their rulings are trash, and the people who are ruling on these rulings, who are rendering these rulings, say that three times fast, they're also trash. Good grief. Enough about the Supreme Court. Let's move on. I'm sure you've heard by now, unless you've been hiding under a rock or trying to take a social media hiatus, about the newest website or app, rather, because they don't have an online um, desktop version yet. But anyway, the latest called Thread. So this is the newest one that's supposed to be um, a rival, the rival, and it kind of is for uh, Twitter. It is owned by Meta. So that's Mark Zuckerberg for y'all. And um, comes from, so it's Meta is the same company that brings you Facebook and Instagram. And as a matter of fact, you can log in create your account on Thread using your Instagram account. And it's pretty seamless um, if you do it that way, if you want to do it another way. I'm not actually sure how to do it. What I have seen, though, unfortunately, is that if you want to delete your Thread account, then you end up deleting your Instagram account too, which kind of sucks. So they kind of get you trapped. It's a trap. They kind of get you trapped right there. But right now, um, well, as of, what was it, yesterday, I think? Thursday. As of yesterday, Thursday, um, Thread had about 30 million new users. Isn't that crazy? And the app just dropped Wednesday. Um, so this was in a less than a 24 hour period. Um, thread um, signed up 30 million new users. I'm on there using my Instagram um, handle as well. Um, so I'm, I've kind of, I'm kind of rusty on, uh, you know, like these types of um, social media apps. Like I'm used to Instagram, I'm used to Facebook, but I, I kind of got get used back to, you know, this like Twitter style and I don't want to <laughs> be one of the ones that gets Thread in trouble, um, Twitter-style uh, social media app. But anyway, um, and so what else is also kind of cool about it is everybody that you follow on Instagram automatically becomes people that you follow on um, Thread. And so it kind of pre-builds um, a list for you, you know, pre-builds, the, you know, the people that you follow you don't have to go and necessarily search them out. But what what uh, what's kind of funky about it right now, though, is that those aren't necessarily the threads, because I guess we, we don't. Is that what they call them? You know, the posts on there. Those aren't necessarily the posts that I'm seeing right away. When I open up Thread, it's not necessarily everybody that I follow. It's some kind of random ones in there too. So I'm not sure how their um, algorithm works. Um, and some of the um, Threads that I also see when I open it up, and I've been opening it up kind of frequently because I'm trying to see how it works, you know, and um, some of the threads that I see are also kind of old. So like I do get a couple of the new ones, you know, the latest ones. And then I get some older ones, which is annoying to me, which is my problem with Instagram. Remember when Instagram used to be, you see, you saw the newest post first. Remember that? Yeah. And then they switched it up on us and they won't go back. Right. And so now you end up seeing you know, most of the people that you follow, for sure, on Instagram, but it, bec- it could be really, really old posts. And that kind of bugs me. I'm like, oh, this is kind of silly. And then to me, Facebook's even clunkier clunkier, because a lot of the posts um, that I see on Facebook, they have like no rhyme or reason. And it used to be that you could, um, you know, decide if you want to see like the latest post first. It used to be like a timeline that you could curate for yourself. Um, and that's what I liked about Facebook, and also what I liked about Instagram. And I'm hoping that Thread gets to be, um, you know, on that level too. That I can have that choice. Um, I know some other uh, people have written about whether or not um Instagram is going a meta, you know, at large is going to, you know, respect people's privacy and not, you know, be selling information and all that other kind of stuff. I've seen a lot of people who, who are on there that are rather hopeful that um it won't be this, you know, like icky space that Twitter turned into. I mean, because didn't that turn into a big dumpster fire when um Elon Musk, you know, brilliant um billionaire that he is, um, said Donna. Sarcastically, when he bought um, um, Twitter, not Instagram, when he bought Twitter, and just, I mean, it just burned the place down. It just, you know, clearly not the genius that everybody gave him credit for. I mean, he's got the money, but not not the business acumen, not for the social media um, powerhouse that Twitter used to be. I mean, first it was, you know, they weren't going to regulate or moderate the content as much, and so like the hate speech started to proliferate broadly and quickly on there. And then it was the whole debacle with the checks or whatever. I think they they wanted people to pay for the blue checks, right? The verification situations. And, you know, a lot of, uh, um, you know, superstars or whatnot, public folk were like, uh-uh, I ain't doing that. I remember famously that LeBron James says that he was not going to pay for a blue check or whatever, and then we ended up having one. And then people were like, oh, you must have paid for it. And he's like, no, I didn't. And so I guess they started just blue checking, you know, um, popular folk because, you know, otherwise they was going to you know, they were going on um, Twitter was going to lose their business or, you know, lose their um, presence, at least on the app. And then what happened after that? So you had the whole blue check debacle, the firing. Right. Wasn't it like a third of the workforce that was let go, like unceremoniously, people were like, you know, he had told people that were left, you know, we got to burn the midnight oil. And people were sleeping in their offices and all this other kind of stuff. And then they were just getting dumped left and right, you know, in emails and whatnot, or at least checking um I remember one person uh, said that they found out they were fired when they couldn't log in anymore. So they hadn't even gotten an email saying, you know, hey, you, we decided to terminate, you know, your services or whatever, your contract. They just found out they couldn't log in, you know, to their workspace anymore, which sucks um, immensely. So you yeah, had that. And then most recently here, where I, well, I. Not recently, but remember, um, he invited invited Donald Trump back, who's been on, I think, True Social, whatever that's called. Like, yeah, I won't even touch that with a 10-foot pole. Never. And then um, he uh, just recently here, there was a limit to the number of posts uh, or tweets that you could see in, I guess, a 24-hour time period. I don't know what that was all about. Like I said, I haven't been on Twitter for a while. Not that I was like super active on Twitter, um, when I was on there, I just had the, you know, account. I, I used to be kind of active but then not a lot. And then I didn't have a whole lot of followers or... I wasn't following a ton of people either. So it just, and like I said, it got really, really messy when I saw that every time somebody says something, you know, there was this all sides kind of, especially if it was a political statement. There was this, there were people trying to, you know, both sides, it kind of all lives matter, every situation. I was like, you know what? Nah, I'm good with that. Which is why I like my curated timelines um, a whole lot better on Facebook and on Instagram. And hopefully, fingers crossed, eyes crossed, ankles crossed, that'll show up um, on threads as well. So, yeah. Um, Yeah. Twitter, just big old dumpster fire and threads, you know, kind of popped up overnight, literally (laughs) to fill the void, because I know a lot of people were jumping ship, um, especially after the very last thing. Because, you know, a lot of people do spend a lot of time on Twitter and they like to scroll, 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 scroll. And I'm not judging them, do you? I'm on summer vacation. I'm doing the same thing. And um If they can't, you know, see what they want to see, then why hang out? You know what I'm saying? Where I give these people the money. And of course that hurts their advertising too. You know, if the advertisers are there and they can't, you know, get to the number of people that they normally would get to because the number of posts that people can view are limited, then they're going to end up jumping ship too. And then there's, there goes your money. So yeah. Um, there's Threads. Now there is another similar app. Oh, and Threads. Um, I forgot this part. <laughs> I heard another podcast talking about that. This this morning, as a matter of fact, that um, Elon Musk through his attorney has sent kind of like um, it's not necessarily a cease and desist order, but um, it's a threat of a lawsuit saying that um, you know, he knows that uh, Meta has hired a lot of people who used to work. For Twitter, and they're the ones who, I guess, use like proprietary, you know, um, technology and information, you know, that's endemic to Twitter to build threads. And so he's, you know, threatening to sue. I think his his tweet, Elon Musk's tweets, was something like, um, "Competition is okay, but cheating is not," or whatever. It's like, really, yeah, okay, yeah, you, 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 you man, you big man, you jealous, whatever. Remember, this is after he, um, also. Uh, what was it? He invited. Well, how else do you how else do you put this? He invited uh, Mark Zuckerberg to like a some type of MMA fight or something. Just ridiculous. Elon Musk man gone somewhere. Gone, gone somewhere. He's nuts. Um, but not to be alone in the competition. There was another app. Um, I've downloaded it, but I'm not on it yet. It's called Spill. Um, and it was marketed as being a place to harbor like quote. The the new Black Twitter, end quote, um, and the creators of it are African-American and also former Twitter employees. And they've built it as not necessarily a place um, solely for Black people, but for a marginalized group. So for Black folks, queer folks and other people who feel, you know, a little bit more marginalized over on, um, you know, what Twitter used to be. Now, the problem with Spill, because there was a lot of talk about it just in this last week, but the problem with Spill is that it's still in its beta stages. And so it's by invite only, or if they send you, like if you get a code from someone or if they send you a code, um, but you're on a wait list. And so I don't have a code. I'm on the wait list and I haven't gotten a code yet. And then in the meantime, while I was waiting, because Spill was supposed to be, you know, the next big thing, um, then Thread came out and it really did undercut a lot of the momentum behind Spill. And I feel kind of bad for those guys because, like I said, I'd seen a lot of buzz being generated online about the product, but it just wasn't widely available. And of course, I'm sure it's a marketing uh, money thing. You know, they just didn't have enough money, you know, to be able to build the, the capacity of service that they would need for, you know, like the 30 million people, which I'm sure is more than that now overall, you know, that uh, thread has now Th- 30 million u- users, I should say, because not necessarily every- all of those are like individuals with 30 million accounts, right? New users. And that was yesterday. That was yesterday. So God only knows how many they've got now, but good luck to spill. I'm still holding. out hope that maybe I'll get a-, a code or get off the wait list sometime soon. Okay. And last, but certainly not least, this last segment of the podcast i promised you i was going to end laughing some of it is funny i guess and some of it isn't funny you've probably uh, heard a little bit about this Listen, listen if you've been anywhere close to social media then you've definitely heard the kiki palmer uh story saga whatever kiki and over kiki you want to talk about that first or you want to talk about essence fest uh let's go well they're they're kind of related because they're all about women yeah. and you know people's opinion about what women should be doing wearing Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Um, some of it is male, you know, patriarchy on display. What a shock! And then the, some of it is also, I think, um, respectability politics too, because the criticism comes from another woman. Anyway, let's start with Kiki Palmer, um, actress. Been known her since a King B. Right? She's grown up before our very eyes. Beautiful young woman. I think she's like thirty or thirty-one, like or something like that, right now. Um, young woman just recently had a baby boy her boyfriend's almost messed up boyfriend's name is Darius i think Darius Dalton Kiki was minding her business in uh Darius Jackson what do I call him Dalton is it Darius Dalton Jackson something like that anyway um Kiki had went to um see Usher in Vegas or Usher and listen his Las Vegas residency i have heard from several um online um, influencers and podcasters and whatnot that it is fabulous like it's funny because somebody was talking about his music earlier like the question on um instagram was like what's one artist that you have the utmost respect for but don't really like play their music all the time usher's on my list i don't know a lot of his music you know like a lot of the words to all of the songs and he's definitely a good singer i like him kiki palmer let's go see usher she had on a cute little dress um it was like a long sheer dress over what kind of looked like a swimsuit underneath it Um, But Kiki's looking good, y'all. She's looking good. She got called onto the stage. She was dressed for the part, right? So Usher's kind of singing to her and they're hugged up a little bit. I don't think she was twerking on him. The clips that I saw, she was just kind of like, you know, he was singing to her and hugged up on her, whatever. And he's done that, you know, with a number of folks at his concerts and people go gaga over it. I mean, you know, it's what it is. He's an entertainer and he's entertaining. And like I said, he can sing. It doesn't help that he's quite attractive too, right? Anyway, her boyfriend, her baby daddy, as he's been referred to unceremoniously online, um, publicly criticized her outfit on July 5th. He tweeted, it's the outfit though, you a mom. It's like, what? Oh, Lord! and then he like doubled down on it oh well not along the lines i'm actually going to find the quote here we go we live in a generation where a man of the family doesn't want the wife and mother to his kids to showcase booty cheeks to please others and he gets told how much of a hater he is and then somebody came to him and said hey you know partner maybe you shouldn't have put this online and he was like i rest my case or i'm out or something like that like what and so, rightfully so, honey. Rightfully so, he got dragged to the gods, dragged beyond, dragged, drugged, all of it, all of it. They let that man have it online, starting with the fact that he is not her husband; he is her baby daddy, her BD. It's like, who is you again? Why do we know you? And it, and and somebody pointed out. He was rightfully dragged. You brought this to the internet, you gonna get dragged on the internet. A number of people were saying things along the lines of, like, even if he felt some type of way, if he was in his feelings about it, the very least that he could have done is just text her about it or call her or wait till she got home. It was much worse than that. The dragging that I saw, that people was like, no, you're not on oh, Kiki Palma's cell phone playing on Kiki Palma's Wi-Fi in Kiki Palma's house. who criticized the Kiki Palmer for what she wore with the money that she bought for the tickets that she bought to go to Ursh's concert. I was done. I was like, homie should have just wrapped it up. And I think he did. He deactivated one or more of his social media accounts. Thank God, because listen, the dragging is still not over. Do you hear me? This story has been picked up far and wide by various and sundry news outlets. I'm probably one of the last ones to talk about it. I've heard it on a number of podcasts that I listen to. I'm actually reading a post now from Now This News on Instagram. Blue checked. Kiki Palmer's boyfriend and the father of her child, Darius Jackson, is facing backlash after he criticized Palmer online for her outfit choice at a recent Concerned. Kiki ain't said much. As a matter of fact, that she has said nothing with regard to this incident. The last thing I saw from her, she was promoting some type of concert or something that she was going to be at at the Howard Theater in um it's in DC, I think. Um, but yeah, that's the last thing that I saw. She said something else about I wish I had taken more pictures, Where we were running late, and so she posted some pictures of herself, like you know, behind the scenes or whatever. And she said, if I'm telling y'all right now, if you haven't seen Usher, you must go. He was so fabulous. Yeah, but they dragged him. Dragged. One person said, unless there's a ring on that woman's finger, you don't have a place, man. And even if y'all was married, not a solid look publicly shaming the mother of your child for her outfit choice. Possession doesn't usually go well in relationships. And you're with an extremely famous person. Better grow thicker skin. A lot of people were pointing out, too, that, you know, we've seen her growing up. She's been, you know, like largely unproblematic to use a term that one of my famous podcaster um podcasters used. Um, largely unproblematic. I haven't I don't remember her being involved in any type of scandal. I mean nobody even blinked or said boo when you know they found out that she was pregnant. We all knew she wasn't married, but you know, no big deal. It happens all the time. She happy she got enough money to take care of her baby, her business. Her body, her business. Right, right? I mean and I didn't know who the guy was the her her boyfriend slash baby daddy. I didn't know who he was. But yeah, at the very least, you could have expressed that once she got home. I mean, and then y'all hash that out between y'all, however you feel about that and however she feels about that. But to take it to social media, I don't understand celebrities who do that. Like, what y'all want us to do? Is you know, if people like to point out or like to classify it. You're making it like it's a group chat. Take us out. We don't want to be privy to that. No one cares. And, you know, I guess he thought he was going to get a lot of support behind that. But a lot of people called him out on it. It's like, dude, that's a trash opinion to have. It's very possessive. Who's still policing what women wear? I don't care if you're married to them or not. What they wear is what they wear. She wears it to feel good about herself or because she liked it. You know, people were like, well, maybe she's trying to reclaim her sexy and all that kind of stuff as, you know, she just gave birth to a baby a couple months ago. Who cares if that's the reason? Whatever her reason is, it's her reason, her body. She can dress however she wants to dress. But bringing that to us was the biggest mistake. Oh my God. The biggest mistake he could have made. Lord, speaking of, yeah, you know, I, that's that's my segue to other stuff. Speaking of, I need to get a t-shirt with that on there. Speaking of, and I digress. Speaking of um, women being criticized, um, the Essence Fest. I, f- I forget what the official name of it is, but um, I just call it Essence Fest. It's a whole long title, whatever. It happens in New Orleans, um, New Orleans. I'm not saying it right. Sorry, Valencia. It happens in New, New Orleans around the 4th um, every year. I know I got like a lot of big festivals that got pushed off, um, postponed during the pandemic, but it um, was back. And um, one of the big uh things about it, it's, it's primarily geared toward Black women, but of course, they're not the only ones that show up and pay money and show out, and dress how they want to dress. And, you know, there's a lot of networking, a lot of um, vendors and all that, but um Performing at Essence Fest, um, and that's you know part of the big draw is the big concerts that they have. Was it last year? Was it Janet Jackson last year? Mm-hmm. Um, Megan Thee Stallion and uh, Janelle Monae, um, among others, I believe. Um, Lauren Hill was there; she showed up, late as usual, um, but gave a good concert. I heard gave a good concert, but y'all, you know, you you got to get some sleep or drink some Red Bull or several several cups, copious amounts of coffee. Because she's going to be late. I think I read, somebody posted, I don't know if it's true, that she was like two hours late. I was like, yeah, that's average, right? That's what I've heard. That's average. She's late, notoriously so. Anyway, what had happened, again, getting back to my original thread of thought here, what had happened, um, Janelle Monae performed, Megan Thee Stallion performed, and I saw clips of it um, online. Two other, um, you know, performers that I respect. I don't listen to their music necessarily. No, I'm not a consumer of their music. Um, I like some earlier uh, cuts by Janelle Monet. You know, she's changed, so she's a she's been a little bit more sexually liberated on this last album. I can't remember what the name of the album is, um, but you know, she's she's appeared topless um, in her videos. Um, she's talked about you know being a little bit more or a lot more comfortable with her body. Um, and in particular, you know, her breasts. Um, and at Essence Fest, she flashed, you know, a boob to the audience. Um then the and I saw a clip of that online. I was like, oh, oh, okay, that's that's where she is. All right, okay. Hey, hey, she ain't the only one to do it. She ain't the only one and you know, whatever. Again, not my cup of tea, but gonna do you, sis, gonna do you. Um and then of course Megan the Stallion already know how she's gonna you already know how she's gonna prefer, perform, you know. It's kind of like Lizzo. You know, she gonna twerk. Megan the stallion is going to twerk also. Um, I'm kind of glad to see her back on the stage. I, I don't think this is her first um big outing, but it might be her first really big, big headlining. I'm not sure. Um, since you know the whole debacle that trial um that she had to endure and that dude her ex-boyfriend shot her in the foot and was finally found guilty, all that hot mess. We talked about that a couple um. Episodes ago, but anyway, both of them were heavily criticized by surprisingly India Ari, who is another singer songwriter in um you know in that field um R and B um I guess Megan Thee Stallion wouldn't be necessarily considered R and B she's more of a rapper but anyway India Ari took to um social media and um had some not well some critical things to say about um. So Megan Thee Stallion set was on Sunday, and um, not only was she twerking, but this is, I guess, what um, Indy Irie had issue with. She invited um, a group of fans up on the stage um, to twerk. Like I said, Janelle Monae flashed one of her breasts during her performance, and she was playing cheerleader from the side of the stage while um, Megan Thee Stallion had a woman on stage uh, twerking or whatever. And then... Essence posted a video from it, and that's where I saw it. I follow Essence on social media, and they posted a video from it, and the caption was, Hot Girl Boot Camp was in full effect last night. It's Janelle Monáe with the encouragement for us. There was a lot of backlash for that, but the Iree's IG post, of course, gave, was you know one of the ones that got amplified a little bit more. The issue is what is context is what she said. Humanity does everything, but does everything in capital letters belong in the stage? No. Is everything for kids? No. Is everything for everybody, capital everybody? Um, No. So when we as a culture make something like this mainstream, it shows a lack of discernment, discretion, rather, and discernment. Just as many folks have the right to want our mainstream international export, our, our out music, I think she meant to say our music, to show us in a respectful light, I like to go on the record saying this won't age well and that's my issue. I love Janelle and Meg the way I love us all and I don't like this moment. Don't bother debating me, LOL, IDC, and I do this. For 25 years, I've done this. So read, ponder, or don't. So of course, like I said, this will get amplified a little bit more than some of the other dissenting views with regard to Essence's post, which was of course, uh, like I said, the aforementioned Twerk fest or a twerk boot camp um, led by Megan Thee Stallion and Janelle Monae's flashing or whatever. I don't know. I wish that Irie hadn't publicly said what she said. I know I'm such a contradiction in my old age. <laughs> if I if I was a true mother in Zion of the church. Um, as I should be going into this next decade of life next year, <laughs> if I was a true mother in Zion, I may get my mother, my mother, uh, mother's board card revoked. If I was a true mother in Zion, um, I'd definitely be in the India RE camp, right? Like this ain't what we need to be um, putting on a stage. This is not what we need to be platforming, is what the preachers would say, you know? Right, women shaking their behinds and flashing their breasts and all this other kind of stuff, um, you know, this isn't what we should be doing. That, that would be the old mother in Zion and definitely how I grew up. My old Pentecostal Saint, um, you know, method or methodology, the way that I was raised, is definitely ain't what, you know, we should be doing. And ironically, as a mom, I don't want my daughter to be exposed to that yet. I want her to be comfortable in her own sexuality, but she's six, and we're not really dealing with sexuality at this point. We watching marathons of Bluey. Now, as it comes up, you know, we'll cross those proverbial bridges when we come to them, and when you know her dad and I, you know, see fit, then we will have those types of discussions and things like that. Because I don't want her to feel ashamed of it, and that's, I guess, where you know my contradiction comes in. Because the way that I was raised, this, this squashing and quashing of female sexuality in the church, it made me feel ashamed of my body and who I was as a sexual being. But yet we were expected, you know, women, young women in church, expected to get, to get married and, you know, to give birth to babies and, you know, keep our husbands happy in the bedroom. Well, how can you do that when you are kind of made to feel shame of, you know, to be ashamed of yourself. And I don't think that that was the the point that the women and men largely in the church that they were trying to do. I don't think that they were necessarily trying to make us feel ashamed. It was the way that they went about it. We were, you know, it was like we were women, but not women. I remember pointedly, oh my God, I can still remember this. I was a teenager when a woman at the church came up to me and said that the outfit that I had on was showing the me of me. She said, this is showing the you of you. And what I had on, I can still remember this, it was this mustard color two-piece set. So there was this long skirt, because I was sanctified, a long, like they call it like trumpet, um, a line skirt, uh, but more of a trumpet, not um, all the way a line. When I was in high school, like I said, definitely like not 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 my graduating year, but close to it probably. It was a long skirt, it was mustard colored, and the top was like this cap sleeve mock turtleneck kind of uh, top, and it wasn't super tight. None of it was. My mother was still buying my clothes, and so she wouldn't go buy me nothing super tight to wear to church. Uh-huh. wasn't super tight, but it was fitted, right? And what she was referring to, what the lady was referring to, because she was holding the top of my shirt. Was the fact that you could see, like they would call it, bosom, <laughs> in our church, like you could, you know, clearly see that I was a young woman with a developing chest, breast. I had on a bra. You couldn't see nipples. Can I say that on this podcast? You couldn't see nipples, but I still remember that, and I still remember being embarrassed by that. Like I don't remember what happened after that. Did I tell my mom? Oh, mama, did I tell you? Do you listen to my podcast? I don't know if I told my mom about that. And I don't know if we had a discussion about it or not. But I remember, feeling, and I may not have told my mother because I was probably embarrassed. I was probably embarrassed, like, and confused. Like, well, I'm a, I'm a girl, you know, a, a young woman. So like, what am I supposed to wear? A sack? I, I was really confused by that. Because like I said, it was not a tight outfit, not by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-mm. But because- you know, you could see that I had breasts as, as, as young women do, like it was a problem. Uh-huh. So anyway, and like, like I said, this is why I guess I have, you know, diverged from, you know, how I was brought up and my thinking as a young woman in the church and, you know, probably in my early twenties too, I would have been, oh God, no, that's just, that's just not right. That's not right. Now I'm like, eh. and I'm, like I said, I'm not saying I want my, do- my daughter to show up. I'm not bringing her to one of those uh, concerts or anything like that, but I'm all right with them doing what they do. And like I said, I wish NDR had not taken to social media to publicly. She didn't drag them, but it was kind of a, I understand what she was saying. She was like, she doesn't have any disrespect for Megan or Janelle. It was that essence was platforming it, but essence platforms what's popular. And they had a range. They had, like I said, um, Lauren Hill there, and Lauren Hill is definitely cut from a different cloth. She is not the twerking, bearing breast type artist. That ain't that's not her cup of tea. And so I get it. I understand where NDRE is coming from. I just think, you know, I think it's policing, is what it is. It's policing their bodies and policing their sexuality, which I'm I'm not with that. And you know who else had the nerve, the audacity, the unmitigated gall to comment on this? Uncle Luke. Y'all remember him? Um, <laughs> I, I, can I name a, a a Luther Campbell song? Can I name one of his songs without it being vulgar? Y'all remember him? He was popular um, when I was in college. Um, they call him Uncle Luke, but his name is Luther Luther Campbell. And um, if you Google him, Luther Roger Campbell, known also known as Luke Skywalker or whatever, um, Two Live Crew. Y'all remember him? He was dirty. He was dirty. I mean, none of his music, It what? The third album was as nasty as they want to be. Go sit down somewhere, sir. Sit down somewhere. But he had the nerve, like I said, the unmitigated gall to say something about Janelle Monet. He tweeted or Instagrammed or something, posted on social media like, is she going through something? Like, what's up with her? I can't say what I want to say. Ninja, if you don't go <laughs> Sit out somewhere. Hey, nobody asked you to weigh in on this. Somebody told him too, Uncle Luke, sit this one out. Sit this one out. I mean, he was all about, you know, twerking before it was even named twerking and half naked women in videos and even more than that, you know, in real life at some of his shows. Didn't he get slapped with some parental advisory stickers? And folks was really, really hot with him. And like I said, I remember him. Let me see you pop that blah blah blah. You know, everything with him was just nasty. Everything. Like sir, you're the one, you, 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 you have no right. None at all. We need you to sit this one out forever. Thank you so much. You've got nothing to say here. Like you of all people have nothing to say. But anyway, back to NDRE. And listen, everybody's entitled to their opinion. We know that. Got that. I just think it's, it's the policing. It's, you know, it's respectability politics and all that other kind of stuff. They're free in their own sexuality. And hopefully nobody is you know, um, being a Spengali or, you know, being a puppet master or anything like that, that they're the ones that have decided, and I'm talking about Megan Thee Stallion and Janelle Monet, um, particularly that they're the ones that have decided to, you know, like present themselves to the world like this. And they're, you know, exploring their own freedom and that they're doing so publicly. It's funny. Like I said, I know it's weird, but I don't have a problem with it. Now, do I want my students lined up in the hallway doing it? No, because it's school. That's not what we're doing. I think that's, I think that's the problem, or that's the issue that I have really with Indy um, critique. is that it's the essence fest. It's women, it's black women, it's black music. And what's popular right now and what's hitting hard, you know, is that type of expressionism, you know, their freedom to, you know, express themselves sexually in a way that they want to do. Now, they weren't like mimicking, you know, like intercourse on the state. Unlike we've seen some of our other older icons, you know, we've tried to, you know, call them, you know, call into question, you know, this modern music. And again, I was one of those folks that did that. It's just too nasty. It's too sexual, but child in the fifties and sixties, they was doing the same thing. They really was. They were just in some cases, a little bit more clothed and in some other cases, not so much, not so much. Um, Tina Turner, who we revere and who I honored in um, recent podcasts was definitely shaking the tail feather. Right. I said that I, as a matter of fact, I said that in um a post, like if Tina Turner said, you know, everybody shake a tail feather and then turned around with her dancers and proceeded to shake said tail feather. What, a, what was that? I mean, it was just, you know, turned up to like, you know, I don't know how many beats per minute, <laughs> the metronome when you need it. I don't know what time signature that would have been called on that, on that song you know, but oh my God, that's exactly what she was doing. Her and the dancers. Now I've also um, read too, that perhaps, you know, it wasn't necessarily what she wanted to do, you know, as a performer, that that was more like of what a, a Ike's urging. Um, I've also seen this video clip where it looks like she is like simulating, you know, giving somebody a hand job too. And again, I also read that that was ne- not necessarily what she wanted to do on stage. That, that was more of what Ike wanted to do. So she wasn't necessarily in control of her own sexuality at that time or her expression of it. You understand what I'm saying? You know, when she was on stage, I'm saying that like you looking at me, right? And I got that face like, you get it? And you nodding at me like, "Eh, yeah, Donna, I understand what you're saying. Okay, cool. Good. We all on the same page. But what I'm saying is even some of the artists of the sixties and the fifties, you know, were, you know, expressing themselves sexually a little bit more clothed, like I said, in some cases, but the music is. It is what it is. It's evolved, but not in a way, it's kind of like repeating itself. You know, it's almost like I'm going to throw the Bible in here, just be totally sacrilegious, right? There's nothing new under the sun. Nothing. It really isn't. There's nothing new under the sun. She's entitled to her opinion. And a lot of people proceeded to drag her forward, too. It was like, look, sis, yeah, just because this is not your genre of music makes it, you know, a bad thing. And I, I totally agree with that. I it's not. It's, India Irie is not that type of singer. That's not her type of music that she puts out. But I don't think that that necessarily means that what they're doing and what they're doing on stage, you know, you know, is a bad thing. Someone wrote um, online, India Irie once pro- uh, proudly proclaimed that she is not her hair. So she should also understand that Megan and Janelle are not their, you know, their their butts. They're in parts. If they decide to embrace their bodies and have fun, there's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't completely define them as artists or women. Somebody else posted, I tire of folk complaining about sex and music. Sex has always been in music, specifically Black music, since the juke joint. Right? That's the point I was just making. Just more visual avenues. NDIRE is being disingenuous. I, that was my point. I was saying the 50s and 60s, but they're going back even further when you're talking about the juke joints. I, th- I think the person that um, made that last post, I think that was on Twitter, um, is, is correct. It's just there's more visual avenues now for the expression of sexuality, particularly in Black music. Before, we were, they were just limited. You know, the genre was limited. But now you got it's out there. And I just I don't think it's fair. I, I agree. I think it is disingenuous. Um, for her to kind of blast the essence for platforming it. I think, again, it's just what's popular right now. And I don't, I'm just not with this policing of women's bodies. You know, it takes me all the way back to the Supreme Court. You know, we talked about earlier in this podcast and, you know, Roe v. Wade and all this other kind of stuff. You just, you know, it, it's it's not her place. It's not anybody's place. It's not Kiki Palmer's boyfriend's, baby daddy's place. It's just it's just not their place. And if that's the type of music that people are enjoying, and that's what, what got folks at the Essence Fest, and that's what got folks at the Essence Fest. Now, lastly, I was trying to end this on a, a happy note, but I want to mention this. This happened a couple of weeks ago, and so it's a little bit older now, but some women had taken a trip to Ghana, which is where I want to go for my birthday next year. Um, I'm putting that out there. I'm I'm been real slack trying to organize this trip. God help me. I just want to go. So, anyways, there were some women who had taken a, a group trip trip to Ghana, and they had visited um one of the sites. I'm pretty sure it was a slave, um castle, a slave dungeon. Elmira, I know, is one of the famous ones there, and there's a couple other ones. These were the last places that um you know a lot of people from, you know, Central Africa or Eastern Africa were taken um you know to these slave dungeons where they were, um, where some didn't even make it out of there, right? before they were put on boats and taken overseas to, you know, places in uh, South America and um, North America and even in the Caribbean. That's how, you you know, you got this big diaspora of black folk, not just in Africa. You know, all over the world. Anyway, um, there were some women who were there visiting one of these um, sites. And apparently they decided to twerk at the site and recorded it and posted it on the Internet. I'm like, now, come on. Are you kidding me? Now, that's a different type of, um. that's a different level of, of sexuality. And that's, that's just disrespectful. That's not, it's not even, it's not stage appropriate. The place where they were twerking was not someone's concert, not someone's backyard barbecue, barbecue, you know, get together, somebody's house or anything like that. Um, this was the site of, you know, a place where, Gosh, how many, you know, souls, untold number of souls, you know, African souls were held against their will before, like I said, they were shipped um, over in slavery, you know, enslaved and shipped over to, you know, parts unknown to them, you know, at that time, parts unknown, never to see their families again, to be separated, to lose their language, their identities, their culture, a lot of it. Um, some of it was still, um, you know, they were able to keep and pass down. But a lot of it um, was lost, so that's that ain't the place for that. And that's not me policing their bodies. That's me saying that ain't the place, women. That's that's not it. Now, I'm not policing. I'm not you know governing and being an old mother of the church. I'm just saying y'all stupid for that. If I had been on the trip with them, I would have told them that. And then y'all dummies went and posted it on the internet. Let's call it um, Michelle Obama's oh, on the Michelle Obama's internet. That's what y'all doing. That's just dumb. Did you not expect the backlash from that? That, it wasn't cute. It was just definitely, like, totally disrespectful. Really? That's not the place for that. If they was at Essence Fest, got it. It was a concert. That's what we doing. And, uh, Janelle, I was say Michelle. Janelle Monet and Megan The Stallion. See how I was, like, <laughs> mixing their names up there, conflating them together. I don't mean to do it in a bad way. But anyway, I intended to end the podcast on a happier note. Now, yeah, instead, I came out as an old curmudgeon. <laughs> My old mother car might still be intact. <laughs> Criticizing folk for twerking in the wrong places. Well, hey, it is what it is. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. That's it, y'all. I'm out. I'm out. Um, tune in next week. I'll have another episode ready for you. On, just in case, you know, some other crazy stuff pops off over the weekend. and I'll probably have to do a, like a little 20-minute update. Of some crazy news that has occurred But I appreciate you, like I said, uh, listening And if you want to follow me on social media I'm now on Thread Hey, check me out I'm on Thread, I'm on Instagram, on Facebook Um, And maybe I'll be on Spill if I ever get a cold Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge But in the meantime How do I normally close this podcast? (laughs) Stay classy Don't be twerking in places where you shouldn't be twerking You know what I'm saying? Hey, y'all, I said I was signing off until unless something happens, right? Like, I don't know, something newsworthy. But just when I was getting ready to start editing the podcast, it appears that um, Mother Kiki Palmer has um, made a post that might be considered a response to uh, her boyfriend slash baby daddy. What he had to say It's on TikTok. It's on Instagram. Y'all want to hear it? Here you go. You ain't stopping what's going on with me, sweetheart. If you gon' act up, I'm about to leak up. If you will act up, I'm about to leak up. I'm about to leak up. If you gon' act up, I'm about to leak up. I'm about to leak up. You ain't stopping what's going on with me, sweet. So if you gon' act up, I'm about to leak up. If you will act up, I'm about to leak up. I'm about to leak up. If you gon' act up. up. Act up, up. Act up Listen, I'm she doing not, a whole scam. dance routine and everything in this in this TikTok. I am not mad at her. You do you, girl. You do you. Now, for real, y'all, that's it. We are done. See you next week.